Hey. ¿Qué onda, pinche wombats? This is your favorite homeboys coming at you. I lied. I said I was going to do one more, and then these guys wrote me back in before I had leave to. in five had days. To. Had <laughs> to. You're not going anywhere. Uh, this is Alan, the former Oakland teacher and former California residence, uh, resident on my way to Mexico pretty soon, but I got the boys with me. We got uh, Jerry on the peninsula. No, man, don't do that. Change it. You're not. You're not. In the, you're not there anymore. We Rome. we we agreed to give all to the Rome peninsula from the city. last time. Rome in the town, to be determined in the city. Uh, Andrew, the Oakland native, the anti gentrifier, anti gentrifier, <laughs> and Aldo from the peninsula. <laughs> what it do, baby? <laughs> I don't know who you are, bro. All these from the six nasty. Yep. <laughs> my big bro right there. Literally. Hey. Um, so we have another rule, of course, that we'll get into in just a moment. Uh, but just to get things warmed up. Can, can, um, I, can I interrupt real quick? Sorry. No. Already? God, no, we're my bad. Two I th- in. No, no. The, the, the reason okay, so I, I just want to say this this will be Alan's last podcast. And I and I, the reason why Alan is on this podcast is because we all wanted to have this last moment with him um together uh, before he leaves for Mexico in literally less than a week. So um, this will be Alan's last podcast with us, but we wish him all the best, and, and we love him like a brother, because yeah, he is to to literally to one of us here, yeah. and um, yeah, figuratively to the rest of us. So yeah. uh, we love you, bro. Uh, wish you the best you. of luck, and we'll probably say the same thing at the end of the podcast. But uh, yeah, let's let's get to it. Like I'm, I said, I'm uh, thankful, yeah. Marshawn Lynch. Style. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like I said, uh, fuck you for leaving us, but <laughs> stoked to have a friend that's gonna do something as crazy as to go to Mexico no for doubt. a whole year. Yeah, yeah you guys crazy. better fucking visit. And hey. actually, we, there's technology for you to Skype and still be on the podcast. So this is probably uh, not your last <laughs> Don't one. tell him um, that, man. What the? F- <laughs> you're not leaving. Fuck, I thought I, thought tr- I made my way out. Tell him, man. <laughs> I'm literally leaving the country just so I don't have to be on this podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, but I appreciate you guys. You guys already know fucking family. You guys have been a core group for me living down the street from from this spot that we're in right now. Um, but yeah, I'm only gone for a year, so I'll be back. Um, so we're going to talk about speaking about getting emotional, Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to start something. Um, just talking about we, we actually have a heavy podcast topic uh, for today. Um, and we always try to tackle serious to- uh, topics in a genuine way. But I feel like today is a little heavier than usual. Um, and we'll get into the specifics of that, but just to kind of start moving us in that direction, thinking about emotions, times you felt sad or extremely happy, I guess. Um, what's when you're thinking about sports and your favorite sports moment where you've you've just been really stirred and moved into uh, some sort of maybe maybe a tear popping out of your eye or, you know, wh- what do you guys got on that? I'll go first. Um, so. Uh, a lot of you are probably going to be familiar with what I'm going to talk about. Uh, th- I'm not going to be talking about the seven and three and nine uh, Warriors. I'm talking about Kobe <laughs> Bryant, Kobe Bean Bryant's last game. Uh, it was if you couldn't have wrote a better story than that. Last game, mean, of course, ball hogging the entire debatable. time. They're not going to make the playoffs. Eighty shots. It, this is exactly. You know, this entire his ball entire ball. career, people are saying pass the ball, pass the ball. And in his last game, they're like shoot the ball, shoot the ball. First of all, he's and, never passed the ball. <laughs> And, and he still dropped 60. He dropped 60 points. Uh, he won the game almost single-handedly uh, because of his prowess and skill. And despite everybody knowing that he's an old man and, and you know, it, this is his last hurrah, it, it was just beautiful to watch the Mamba go out the way the Mamba. Shut up. Know. I'm going to go on Kobe right now, right now and just talk the whole podcast. <laughs> I'm going for 60 points on the mic. <laughs> did he play the Raptors that night too? Wait, did you cry or were you just like sad I about rem- it? I remember like watching it and I was crying. And, and like it wasn't like tears of sadness. Yeah. It was just like I am so proud of this moment. I'm so happy for him. I'm so yeah. happy for the Laker fans to 
watch a you know a, a historical figure for not just Lakers but basketball go out in the fashion that he he should have gone out in. Well, I'll I'll, I'll write off of that um, just because mine's basketball related too, and I also cried. <laughs> uh, not to sound like I'm trying to be tough or anything, but the last time I remember shedding a tear was actually this moment uh, when the Warriors won their first championship, and hey. I was I had been living yep. out of the Bay Area for six years at that point. And I was born and raised here. And I, I'm like a really a Warriors fan. Like I remember being Facts. in middle school, fucking listening to KMBR in, in my when we used to live in a garage on Rock Street. Do you remember that? We used to share literally in a garage and I would turn the radio on and fucking just listen to our shitty ass team get destroyed every night. And fast forward, like, I don't know, 17 years later, living literally in Boston, as far away as you can get from from the Bay. And, and I had been following the team. I used to get up at midnight. Uh, this is when Monte Ellis was still on the team. You had to get up at midnight for tip-off because of the East Coast time difference. Fast forward, we, we trade Monte. We get Bogut. Da, da, da. We're in the finals. We win our first finals. I remember watching the parade at my house, and I was just like, like a tear fucking fell out of my eye. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, what the fuck is happening? Me, me and Aldo were that, that, uh, the first parade. That's right, we and, were. And we dipped because it was like, it we was got there hella fucking scorching early. Scorching yeah. heat. You bitches. There was no order <laughs> we got bathroom. there way too fucking early. Uh, I wish I was there, yeah. dude. I, I was moved with, with such a pride. Though. Yeah, we did. <laughs> that, I, that I rarely felt. Maybe how you felt with, with the Black Mamba moment. Uh -huh. I, I was like, damn, this is, I feel like I, I, I deserve this as a fan it's for some great reason. great stories, man. It's such a good story. Yeah. Great team. Yeah, I, I, I'll tie it into another Oakland moment, and this this will be a little off off key because it's not it's not the 2015 uh, Warrior win. It's not the most recent loss to the Raptors, uh, but it is an Oakland moment. Um, I, I don't remember the year actually. This was a handful of years back when we had uh, Cespedes on our team. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, Cespedes, yeah. Shout and out yes. we we were uh, leading um, the majors and oh, wins up to that yeah. point, and then we traded. And I remember this because like mm -hmm. I Cespedes had a a shirt coming out as a giveaway and yeah. I was supposed I, I was going to go to the game uh, and they traded Cespedes I think the the week the week before that weekend um, and, and I Bad forget planning. but that was like the year that we traded for like a bunch of pitchers Smarja mm -hmm. and, was it Smarja? John Lester too. John Lester and the reason why this comes up because just last night like mm -hmm. the A's played the Cubs and we rocked John Lester for mm -hmm. eight runs mm -hmm. in the second so wait for, is that that racist dude? No, John Lester, I don't no. think so. No, no, you're talking about John no. Rocker. You're talking about John, John Rocker and the Braves. No, this is like way back when. <laughs> Never mind. No, no, John John Lester <laughs> was known to to be a playoff guru in terms of like being able to just like guarantee you wins because his low ERA. Um, so that year we were we were we were essentially destined almost to get to the World Series because we were like just just on a tear. But we decided to trade one of our core pieces for a pitch for a pitcher who was you know again has has a history of being a great player, but it just it just threw things off. Like we, we weren't winning because of pitching. We we're winning because we had a great offense and a solid pitching staff. But um, yeah, like I when that happened, I was pretty upset. I was like, why are we why are we rocking the boat right now when we're doing so well? Um, and so then you shed a tear. And long story and short, you, long story short, then we get to the wild card and like lose the wild card. We didn't even like win the division. We just got yeah, to the yeah, wild yeah, card yeah, yeah. and lost. Yep, that was. Yep. And we started game, we, we started now. John Lester too, who we traded for on the wild card game and we lost. Yeah. And I was really pissed. We were a great team that year. Yeah. Thank That's the year team. the Giants went too. So we would have played the Giants. I, that was the year yeah. that we were both like essentially would've destined destroyed to. Those exactly. Bastards. So I was pissed. So I think I blocked that out of my memory. Hey, man. <laughs> Did you even watch that game, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Baseball. What's that? <laughs> no, uh, uh, my, the last time I remember being very emotional during sports, um, I remember clearly was in 2013 oh. when so i'm niners fan talked about this last out? time 
No, not that time. Oh. Not that time. Actually, that time, Andrew's referring to when the lights went out was when the Niners were in the Super Bowl Ravens. and they lost. And actually, I, I was upset and I uh, and I was like, it was sad, but I wasn't like, it wasn't to the point where I was crying or anything like that. I was actually more emotional in 2013 when Alex Smith threw the touchdown pass to Vernon Davis against the Saints in the playoffs. There was, um, I want to say it was like the first round of the playoffs. That was the same game yeah, where um, Dante Whitner not, like, knocked out, um, I forget the running back, Pierre Thomas. Pierre you Thomas. guys remember? He knocked, knocked, like, knocked him out cold from going heads up. That, night, that day I watched the game, I was in Vegas with about like a dozen friends, all hardcore Niners fans. And up to that point, the Niners had not won anything since like maybe like early 2000 when Steve Young Terrell Owens threw, to, threw the touchdown <laughs> pass to, to, yeah. to Terrell, Terrell Owens, mm-hmm. yeah. the catch two or something like that. They yeah. call it S- since then. It was just like a dark age, like 10, like almost 10 years of just the like Brock bottom, time for Niners fans when Vernon Davis caught that pass um it's I remember not rock we, bottom now <laughs> man <laughs> man actually there is there's some hope yeah. but when Ver- Vernon Davis caught that cat that catch we all erupted and I remember like feeling like because I they showed Vernon Davis like crying Ver- they had to help Vernon Davis get up up because he was like so emotional he was like crying he couldn't let go of the ball and that like all those 10 years of, of just being in darkness like really just kind of like hit me and my, I remember my throat kind of like wallowing a little bit. <laughs> like, man, I was just like, What's, why am I feeling this way? Yeah, 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 These wings are spicy, like, man. Hey, <laughs> we ended up losing anyways. I mean, going back yeah, to Alan's point, that's how like the Warriors fans have been for oh, yeah. like a long time. So that's that 2015 win was like huge mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. And that was also pretty big for me yeah. too, but I don't know why it didn't really, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's an easy one to grasp onto just cause like we've won so much over the last handful sure. of years. We're like, you just ignore 2015, but that 2015, that was what, like a, Forty-year stretch before, before our, like our title before that. So. I've also noticed that I feel more emotional about the sports teams that I follow when I'm not at home. Yeah, because you feel more isolated and you're yeah. in like a foreign place and you're like. And you're also in the in like a mecca for sports too. Yeah, exactly. Re- well, yeah. yeah, regardless, like even if you're in fucking um, Vegas, right? Like you, you feel pride. You, your pride is amplified because you want other people to know, like. I'm from the fucking Bay, and yeah. our team just won, you motherfuckers, yeah. and you get hella hype. Like you know, after that, oh, sorry, real quick, that same night when we won in Vegas, we all had place bets at the bookie. We all went from our room down to the hotel lobby chanting, oh, let's go, and I'm wearing Niners gear. It was just the best feeling walking to the bookie with our stubs that we just won a few hundred bucks like, from. They knew and coming. everybody looking at us, and we're just like being all like, you know, yeah. Barry Rowdy type oh, yeah, exactly. motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember could, uh, after we, we the Kobe too. 60 point final game, the next day I, I wore my Kobe jersey outside. <laughs> so everybody know, hey, I don't care about your 73 and 9. They're like, get out the road, you <laughs> asshole. I'm trying to get to work. <laughs> we don't care about your sports teams. <laughs> the world keeps turning. <laughs> nah, I, I, okay, I, I was going to say you too. Um, I feel like there's more Vegas stories that we need to hear, but there's not enough time. So we'll save that for <laughs> off the mic. Um, I wish I was there. That sounded hell fun. We'll save it for when Alan's in Mexico and he can listen oh, yeah. to these moments. Yeah. Hell yeah, that we, please. That we cover. Just sitting in a corner, just listening to you guys, just crying, <laughs> wanting to go back to the States. In a cartel jail cell somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Tied up. All right. Let's get that darkness out of our minds with more darkness. Hey. So um, we're, we're moving into a topic that we want to address in just a few moments. But before we get to that topic, um, we started. we just wanted to talk in general about like what what makes you feel sadness uh, and what 
What's a recent time outside of sports that you felt like emotionally stirred? Not happy, but in this case, specifically sad and maybe grieved or like felt like you needed to grieve. Um, so what, what, what do you guys remember about that? So I can start. Um, mine's not super, super serious, but um, one of the things that typically gets me really sad and emotional is just um, injustice in the world, obviously, but specifically like gentrification. Um, so in this case, I went to go see The Last Black Man in San Francisco when it debuted at um, the Grand Lake. Have you guys seen that movie? Good I'm good not. Not yet. I'm, Fantastic you guys, movie. I know, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm disappointed you haven't seen like Sorry to Bother You, Blind Spotting. I'm not even watched Blind Spotting. The Bay Area. These are all like Blind Spotting. Bay Area movies made by Bay Area actors and written by Bay Area writers. So watched by a scumbags. Los Angeles guy. The, Come they're on, hella guys. good. They're hella good. They're really good. Um, but um. My point is, when I saw this film, it's very moving. It's about gentrification in the Bay Area and how um, people are getting pushed out and they're losing their homes. Um, so in this movie, this dude is like thinks that this house is his um, and, and, and it's not. So, yeah, it got, just kind of moved me. Wait, but I want to hear more about uh, I want. So I want to hear more about the movie, though, like more details. Yeah, yeah. So it's called The Last Black Man in San Francisco, and it's about this dude who thinks that his grandpa built a home in San Francisco with his own hands. And it's like this beautiful Victorian home. And the whole time in the movie, he's convinced that it's his, but he's already been kicked out. Like the movie starts with him living at a friend's house. So the whole movie, he's convincing himself and other people that he lives there, he lives there, he lives there. Turns out the movie was or not the movie, the, the uh, house was never his. And it just kind of like represents how what we think we own, we might never own. But it, it's also just a metaphor for like gentrification in the Bay Area. What's that? <laughs> never heard That's of it, bro. That's never been discussed is, on man. this podcast. I, do not, <laughs> I don't know, um, I know, I know. That sounds, I, I keep hearing lots of really good things about yeah, the movie. And uh, a part of me is almost kind of afraid to watch it just because yeah. for that reason. Just because when I watch movies like that, even like I recently saw um blind spotting finally like it did it <laughs> kind of stir up some emotions of like just kind of you, the whole situation mm-hmm. and so but i'm gonna watch it you know yeah, I, you should, I can't yeah, avoid totally stuff it, like that it, is it wrong to think that uh, i was thinking six sense for a moment when when was it six sense the bruce willis one i see yeah <laughs> when he was like, <laughs> i was thinking yeah. that for a reason but um let me <laughs> s- that that made you feel yeah. like a well like i a was type just of way. For sure, like that that topic hits hard for me, and it was like really well done. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna say because re- I, I had a hard time kind of thinking about this because <clears throat> I, I not that I'm like emotionally like available available like unavailable <laughs> um, right, now, but I did think of something uh, I think within the last couple of weeks, and I had you know we had recently cleaned the carpets at our house and we had to. I had to basically move everything out of the top floor downstairs, and I, and it was a good time for me to kind of sort through things. And I, I stumbled upon a, an old photo of Grandpa. Yeah, oh shit. And Grandpa, um, Grandpa Fry, Grandpa Fry like did a lot to to raise us, and he passed, you know, unfortunately a few years ago. And then we, I, I saw a photo of him, you know, playing the piano with with my brother here and my sister, like all kind of like sitting on his lap, like having a great time. And then I also came across a photo of my grandma, who my abuelita from Mexico, who passed away like a few months after that. And it kind of um, it, it got me thinking about how hard it was 
and I got pretty sad thinking about like how, how they're not around and how they can't see, you know, our, where, where we're at now with our lives. Like, oh man, I wish, you know, they could have met. Like, I wish grandpa was here to see like how much Alan's doing with his writing. Cause he was a, my, our grandpa was a very smart man, a very mm-hmm. intelligent man and was, a, was, was into literature and poetry and everything. And, uh, it just, and it, I was just like, man, this and is not a Frank Ocean cover album. Yeah. <laughs> <Shout> <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Gramps is looking Cop down it. and he's, he's seeing it. He's seeing yeah, it. For sure. But, uh, it was, it, it got me pretty sad and, and just kind of thinking about when that happened around that time when he died. And then a few months later, my grandma died, how it was also like, in that time was also kind of like a difficult time for me. And I remember how much I relied on like my brother here and my family. We, we traveled down to Mexico mm-hmm. to, to, for a week to be at my grandma's death, like at her side, at her deathbed. And I just remember how, how difficult that was, like dealing with, with their passings. And even to this day, we still have, I still haven't like fully dealt with it, but how much like stronger it's made me, um, to, to like coping with all of that and all the strength, like emotional strength. I feel like it kind of did give me. And also, um, how I wanted to like respect their legacy, by like trying to be, what they were, you yeah. know, and carrying yeah. that legacy for yeah, them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Spe- speaking of leaning on a brother, uh, like like you did with Alan, like my, my boy here to my, my left, Jerome, uh, we had a moment, um, and I would argue that moment I uh, kind of really kind of uh, put us on a different level because uh, we talked about this in the lo- last podcast about kind of loss, and, and I, I know Jerome mentioned um, his dog, Amelia, that passed recently, um, and how – it was like almost serendipitous in a way where we ended up at the gym one, one, one day and, uh, and we kind of talked about a couple of things that kind of got us going. Anyways, um, uh, the most recent moment for, for, uh, me that's really gotten me emotional was, uh, I don't know if I told everyone here, but, uh, a few months ago, I almost lost my dad. Um, uh, he, he, uh, long story short, cause, cause it, it's a really long story. Um, got a call from my mom. She was in a panic. Um, so it was wrong. Took him to the ER. ER was like, oh shit, like we got to get him in, admitted. Got him admitted. Um, and they realized that there was a, a lot more to, to what was going on than, than meets the eye. And, uh, um, long story short, he was, uh, um, intubated and put on a ventilator. Um, and then he was in the critical care ICU for about four days. And, uh, he was in the hospital for about two weeks. Um, and during that time, like I, I was, I, I, I in the middle of all that, like I was supposed to be out of town, um, for a trip that was planned. And that's how me and Jerome ended up like connecting at the gym like that weekend. Cause, um, I was supposed, like I told Jerome that weekend, I'm not going to be in town. Like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be up North, you know, just hanging out for a small getaway. And Jerome saw me at the gym and he was like, Oh, what are you doing here? I was like, Oh yeah, something happened, um, with the family. And, um, yeah, I had to stick around and, and then Jerome told me about, and again, serendipitously where, you know, he told me about, you know, what happened with, with him and, and Amelia. And I was like, oh shit, like, damn. Um, but yeah, the most recent thing that happened, um, was my dad. And, and I mean, not, uh, fortunately, like he, he's, he's okay now, like he's recovering, but you know, there's still a lot of hurdles to be, uh, to, to get over, but you know, um, for the family and for myself, that was a huge, um, eye opener for us. Cause we, we were, we were as a family talking about like, what's the next step? Like, what do we do next? Cause, cause, and I talked to my dad like in the hospital bed, like, and he was pretty morbid. It was like, look, if I don't get out of here, like you have to deal with X, Y, and Z. And I was like, holy shit. Like this is getting really real. And yeah. again, like, th- and Jerome was there like in the middle of this. So, um, I, again, like I, I ran into Jerome at the gym 
and he and he told me about Amelia. So I, I totally remember all that. I was trying so hard yeah. to hold it in, so because I I knew I was gonna get emotional. So Andrew was sharing his story uh, about his dad and how grim it was looking, and then um, he he just asked me one question. So how have you been? Yeah. And I just broke, just just destroyed. I was like a baby in his arms, just weeping into his uh, his shoulder. Yeah. Because uh, that's when I learned that Amelia had been pretty much diagnosed with a terminal illness. Uh, so that was in March 13th. She passed. So rest in peace, Amelia. Yeah. Um, but like maybe like a month ago, I remember I couldn't sleep one night. And I, uh, I went through my phone. And I went through my photo album. And I found photos similar to what you were talking about. The photos and videos of, of Amelia. And I started missing those moments of like, I remember when, you know, I'd be on the couch. And if it was a moment like this at night, 2 a.m., she would wake up too and she'd come out to the couch and maybe like cuddle up next to me because you know dogs have that sense like something's wrong yeah, yeah. Let, me, sure. let, me, let me console you um and I, I remember talking to aldo about this uh the last podcast too that uh, i've come to accept that there'll always be that gap there in my heart and it'll, it'll always be empty and there'll always be a space for her uh even six months from now six years from now 60 years from now there'll always be a space there for her and there's always going to be a sadness i don't know if it's ever going to reach that level of you know at the gym but there will always be, uh, uh, I'll miss you, and it, I'll miss you can also be a positive thing because I really enjoyed the time we had together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Damn, you guys were hella serious and, like, real. I feel like like a little bitch because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I went to a movie, and I was kind of no, 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 I no, think I'm, that really speaks to how the, good the that mo- movie was. The movie was, was really yeah. moving, but you guys really hit on some some real shit right there. Amen. Um, as as, as we, we should, and, and we should, like, embrace that, especially as, as men. Um, but I've, I've definitely been feeling tense lately. So I've, I've been lashing out more (laughs) and I've just been, I've been holding a lot of tense, (laughs) but you're a safe space. (laughs) Caress me guys. (laughs) No, but for real, I've been, I've been really stressed over the past like year and a half. And I think it's a combination of gentrification and of rising costs of living of increased racism blatant just kind of hatred everywhere i'm a i'm a sensitive dude obviously i'm not afraid to say i fucking write books of poetry and i teach high school english so Mm. like i feel like um i'm very susceptible to people like people's energy like if somebody's really angry that shit affects me if somebody's really stressed or something really sad that affects me and if somebody's really happy and i'm in a happy space i feel really good Mm. so i feel like as a nation we've very much been in this base of negativity and that's not new i think a lot of people know that once trump came in it's been kind of this dark cloud over a lot of people mm-hmm. um orange cloud an orange cloud <laughs> just kind of puffing everywhere <laughs> um but that's part of the reason i'm leaving the country to be honest like i feel like i've never felt this negative in my life to be completely honest with you guys hey. and i needed to check myself and be like maybe i need to get out of a space that's making me feel so negative because it's it's so new to me um, and some of the th- stuff that's like, I guess, feeding my negative energy or the way I feel so negatively is just all these damn shootings that keep happening. Yeah. So um, I'm sure everybody's heard about like the Gilroy garlic shooting. Uh, there was a t- Texas El Paso shooting, the Dayton, Ohio shooting. The one typically I get sort of like desensitized. I don't know how you guys feel, but yeah, sadly, yes. yes. Like, yeah, right. Like it happens so much and you're just like, oh, another shooting, another shooting. The El Paso one really fucking got me this time. And I think it was because the fact that um, it, it was from what I know. So I have just a couple facts here and then I, I definitely want to hear what you fellas got to say. So it happened last Saturday. Twenty two people were killed. Um, multiple others injured. Um, it happened at a Walmart. 
And the dude drove apparently six miles from Dallas to El Paso, which is a border town, because he wanted to target a higher percentage of, of Latinos, Mexican-Americans. Me being Mexican-American and, and moving to Mexico soon, there's a lot of layers, right? Um, but I don't know. I feel like people don't really talk about, like, how do we actually grieve with these moments as people? Like, do you just post online? Do you just tell your friend, like, oh, yeah, that sucked and drink your beer? Like, for me, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I feel f- very grateful that I'm leaving the country at a time that I am, mm-hmm. which is ironic as hell because I'm going to Mexico and people think that's dangerous. Yet, 40 miles south from here, true. like, people, a, a woman's baby was shot in her arms, literally. And I don't, I don't mean to trivialize that. Like, that's some wild, like, incomprehensible shit to me. Like, at the Gilroy garlic shooting, a woman was holding her baby, and the bullet struck the baby, and the baby died in, in her arms. And we think of like, oh, I don't want to go to Africa. I don't want to go to fucking Vietnam. And that shit was like 40 miles south of us right here. So I don't know how you guys are coping with this shit because I'm not doing a great job. There's been some like, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. But uh, I know that my my wife brought up that she wanted to go to uh, this foodie land thing where there's a bunch of like food vendors going up in Berkeley. Uh, And this was after the El Paso and Gilroy Gallic Festival shooting. And part of me was just like, I don't know if I want to go to that because this is clearly an Asian themed like festival. There's going to be a lot of Asian people. And similar to that, that Dallas shooter driving down to El Paso. What if there's someone who's anti-Asian? That would be a perfect place for them to show up and start, you know, blasting everybody. And, and that's fucked up, right? And that's really yeah. fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you should even be thinking that. Like that that's like, yeah, that's my mentality yeah. now. It's like and we almost went to the Gilroy Gallic Festival that weekend. And that kind of seeps into that decision, too. But it's hard to really think about going to public places now and without thinking, could this possibly be a situation where gunfire and death and, and, you know, madness could ensue? For for me, I've I've to 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 Alan's point in terms of like how to cope, like I, I. I think for me personally, like being in the space like this with 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 brothers who I I trust and love wholeheartedly, like just being able to talk out out loud about this is is a is an important place because I don't think, unfortunately, like not everyone has this kind of like like platform to speak with friends like this and talk openly about kind of stuff like this. Very true. Because um, mm-hmm. these these are heavy topics, and I think a lot of times when you have quote unquote friends and acquaintances, like you guys talk about the good things. Oh, how's work? Works great. Super how's surface the, level. How's that? How's that? How's the house? Oh, how's the renovations? How are, how are the kids? kids. How are the kids? Like, how are the kids? It's, it's like, it, and, and again, okay. like, tell me I'm wrong. Like, a lot of times I've seen, quote, unquote, friends of friends, like, they talk about surface level shit, and it's like, you're avoiding all the shit that actually matters in the world. Yeah, you got these no questions offense. for them, but no you're not offense. bringing it up. Yeah. But, no, sorry, Aldo, go ahead. No, no, you continue. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, but, like, to, to, to Jerome's point, it's like, we're, we've gotten to a point where, like, there's just this morbid fear of just living. And I, I was telling the guys off, off uh, recording about how th- there's this, there's a business now of uh, bulletproof backpacks for kids where they're, they're selling backpacks to, to, to elementary school children and, and families and parents. And they're teaching kids how to, oh, if there's ever an active shooter on campus, here's your backpack that you've just purchased. Here's how to survive an active shooting. There's how you hide behind your backpack. It's like that's the, the 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 day in life we're living in now. We're like we have to mm-hmm. create a backpack to for your kids to hide behind in a school. Sure. So now we're terrified of bringing our kids to school, to malls, to stores, to a to a festival. 
It's also fucked up because people are trying to like profit and capitalize know, on right? You know what I mean? They're like, hey, hey buy this backpack. Your kid might be shot. Hey, man. Some Give of them me might money. be practical. It could no, potentially save a life. No, for sure, for sure. Right, right. What I was going to say, um, kind of going back to what I was saying at first, how it's, he's almost like desensitized. And like what he what he does to like sort of like co- what he asks what we do to cope and it's it's weird because I, I kind of ask myself that every every time something like this comes up and what I I'm a, I'm like like my brother I'm also like a I'm a pretty emotionally sensitive person and kind of going back to also what I was saying about earlier like I kind of there's certain movies that I almost don't watch anymore just because I don't want to like take on that like trauma. Mm-hmm. And I know it's stuff that's happening and I'm not trying to ignore it. I acknowledge it. I know it's happening. Mm-hmm. And same with the shootings. Like I see it and it just, it, it breaks my heart. And I spend a lot of time internally talking to myself about like, fuck, like, you know, this is fucked up. I don't like posting it online. I don't like, I don't, I feel like I don't need to let the world know that, that you don't this need to, to send your, your well wishes and your, and your heart, yeah, my prayers. heart and the prayers yeah. and thoughts and prayers. Like I don't do any of that. Like I, I do, you know, I'll talk to it. I'll talk about it with, with, you know, my partner and I'll, with Yvette and, um and but lo- a lot of that kind of internalized which might not be like healthy but also at the same time i'm i'm i feel like i have dialogue inner dialogue with myself about what it's like and what what are things that i can do whether it's like at my job you know i work in a program where our program is about we, we do violence prevention um for for kids like grades three through five the program is designed to help students cope with trauma in their lives and i'm like well fuck i'm, I'm trying to contribute in that way yeah those are ways that could you, you know we work in schools that have been affected by the shootings in gilroy yeah. and so uh, it's like little things like i try not to like i try not to i have to try to take care of myself and i think we have to be it's important for us to ha- like have that self-care as well and not yeah. let it affect us too much and do things that are, are therapeutic for you and like yeah i think it's important to acknowledge these things and think about what we can do to help you know what what we can do to prevent it i mean yeah whether it's writing like writing something to your legislator about gun control whatever it is yeah. whatever approach you want to take but yeah i try not to let it affect me too much because yeah. otherwise if i if i let all these things that i'm sensitive to get to me it's gonna like just destroy me yeah i think the hard part uh for all for all of us here it's 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 the fact that we have these like like very passionate feelings about 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 these topics and we don't have the platform to really have an impact on a, on a large scale, and and it ties into our next, like one of our topics that we want to talk about in terms of, you know, like like athletes and 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 how they react, and not even athletes like celebrities, how they react to these moments, and how trivial they can be in terms of like oh when there's a mass shooting, they'll tweet or send an Instagram post or do a Facebook post and then say oh oh my God my heart is heavy right now, uh, we we send all our hearts and prayers to to so and so. It's like how many hearts and prayer texts and, and tweets and, and Facebook posts when you have billions of people who are listening to you right now for you to actually like make like actually take a step to actually do something because at, at some point in time and I, I think this has been talked about before it's like as an average citizen in, in the world like like we don't have the platform to, to really make a difference we can vote we can we can send a letter to legislators and, and, and do all these things but when you're a celebrity who's being followed by millions, and all you're doing is tweeting out when, when the moment happens and says, oh, oh our hearts are heavy. Uh, thoughts and prayers to, to, to those in El Paso and to those in Dayton and the, to those in Orlando and those to Parkland and those to, to, to Sandy Hook. 
It's like, at what point is that like, like that not doing enough, man? Like, like you have millions of dollars coming to your pocket. And all you're doing is sitting there tweeting. Fuck out of here. I think there's like to put the little silver lining on on the. I guess what they're really doing is making people aware of what's happening, right? And these recent ones, especially if you look at the profile of who's doing the shootings, mm -hmm. has really brought to light that there's definitely, if you're a white person, you have fucking privilege. You need to make sure to check your privilege and to be aware of everybody else around you because it's not the people crossing the border that's killing you. It's people in the fucking country as they are. They're white people. And there's been the term that's been tossed out a lot, uh, domestic terrorist. Mm-hmm. I can easily now look. I myself can look at a white person that I think is a piece of shit, and you know what term comes to my head? You're a fucking domestic terrorist. <laughs> Get him, bro. Killer. Get him. And how can you argue I against agree. that? If I you're going to look at a Muslim person and tell I them they're the a terrorist, way. how can I not look sure. at a white person yeah. and say you're a fucking domestic terrorist? For sure. And I think the more that this gets out, like Steph Curry uh, tweeting this out, or athletes tweeting this out, and talking to it more and blasting the face of a white guy who shot a bunch of people, another white guy who shot a bunch of people, going down the whole fucking line, white people shooting it's a bunch of people. It's mental illness, though, man. No. It's mental illness. <laughs> but, but it kind of puts the, the check on the, pe the white people who aren't these people. Hey, there are people that look like you that are fucking killing all of us, especially oh, yeah. b babies carried in the arms of, while going to a garlic festival. Like that, That's so fucked up. That shouldn't up. happen in any country, but especially in a country, the U.S., that likes... That is advanced and, and likes to brag about equality and safety and all this shit. So um, uh, a, a recent homie uh, showed me this stat. Um, only one, two, three, four, five, five other countries have had these types of shooting, like fairly developed countries, I should say, have had these types of random acts of mass violence. Five countries out of those five, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Out of those other five besides the U.S., four of them only, have only done it once. Can we do a guess game? Yes, please. Um, and Canada. The, Canada has one. Yep. God, I don't know. There's else. four more. England? Aust Australia? Nope. I, I don't know. Any. Norway? Nope. It's going to take a while, but. <laughs> Japan? No, hell no! Come hell on, man! No, Are you man. crazy? Wait, 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 wait! Can you repeat the question? Wait, wait. so so uh, Australia's not one of them. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll make the question easier. Um, there's. Four other countries, excuse me, five other countries besides the U.S. that have had these types of random acts of mass violence. Um, you oh, have the Netherlands, which is one. Brazil. These all have one. Netherlands, uh, Brazil, Canada. And then, you know what, dude? I'm hella bad at geography. I don't think that's the Australian flag, but it looks like it's maybe New Zealand or one of the countries from that part of the world. It's. You, Re you I look? think it's New Zealand. <laughs> regardless, you're regardless. Saying, okay. You, the U.S. has the U.S. Well, wait, one you, one too many as it is. What do you guys guess? Mexico has three, and that's the second the, most. The the U.S. Ha are you asking oh, to guess so, how many so the U.S. US? Yeah, yeah, I would say two hundred and fifty something. I was like over yeah, triple much, digits. Yeah, yeah two fifty one. Like, yeah. yeah, as of now, and which is crazy because when I saw this, what's two, number? Uh, I believe it's 251. How the fuck should you get 251? I've seen that post. Okay, I'll well, I've you know what's crazy? Somebody okay, showed Notre it to Dame me this weekend, and it's 249. Okay. Oh, so shit. just to prove the point. So it's 251, and then Mexico has three, and then those other countries have one, and then right. zero, 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 that's zero. That's insane, zero. man. Second right? is three. The second is three, and that's Mexico. Where wow. I'm, God let, damn it. That's where I'm moving next. Mexico. In like those video games. Let's protect those gun laws, though, man. I know, fucking bastards. But yeah, Andrew, you made hella good points, dude. I agree. Like, people... I don't... I, I see what you're saying, Jerome, that people should raise awareness, but 
to me, these are the topics that are so mainstream that I don't know if awareness needs to be raised. The awareness has been raised. People with money and political power need to start doing what's right and making decisions that might lessen their profits, but increase people's like livelihoods in the country. But yeah. I don't know. Does anybody have anything else? You touched on the athletes. I want to just add something to what Andrew was saying. Uh, I guess it kind of played devil's advocate for the thing about um, celebrities and athletes who have a huge following if they, even when they, even if they're just saying something like this is wrong or, you know, if, if they show all their listeners and followers that this is wrong, even if they might not be like chucking out like millions to back, I don't know what start of nonprofit or whatever. Ideally, that's what they do. Um, they still can help make an impact when they show, when they, when they show their, their following that something's wrong verbally when they tell them like something's wrong this is wrong and like we shouldn't be doing this because a lot of if you think of a lot of celebrities a lot of their f- like fans are young people yeah mm-hmm. and yeah it's kind of stating the obvious and they're just words that not, it's not doing anything but it, it it some of the younger people might be like damn okay the person i look up to says this is like fucked up like okay you know maybe i can do something maybe i can i don't know yeah yeah like this I, is the perspective i, I should have on it I, I'll I'll end on this, and I, I, it goes kind of against what you're saying in terms of um, you know having an impact on those young folks. I, in the same realm of how those celebrities have an impact on this young generation, like I, I do feel as if these this young generation who follows celebrities mm-hmm. to this level, it, it's on a, a service level. It's it's very vain. So like if it doesn't involve something that they they care about in terms of like image and and wealth. And good, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it doesn't matter to them. So, I, I, I don't think it has a big impact. To be honest with you, I, I really don't. That's just me personally. I'll say though that I mean, it's a game of chasing clout, right? And it, what, what needs to be chased is kind of defined by this mysterious enigma of what is cool. And if you are an athlete or someone like a celebrity, and you see that a string of celebrities are saying, it sucks to say it this way. It's cool to be against gun violence and yeah, yeah. mass shootings. You then mean not go to the White House? Then the youth will, will maybe pay attention, and they'll start seeing that as something that I should be doing too. Like, I, I don't know about you guys, but growing up, being green and recycling wasn't the cool thing. <laughs> but but <laughs> high school I mean, kids, I mean, I'm sure. Prius like Prius wasn't it one nowadays. Of those you recycle. <laughs> <laughs> loser are you <laughs> are you gay communist <laughs> the only reason i'm saying that is because i'm there was just really quickly there's an article that said that men a study finds that men don't recycle because they think it's gay that's <laughs> a, I'm, a, I'm referencing yeah. that yeah wow. which is like stupid clearly so yeah. offensive this podcast doesn't take any offense to gay people or that term <laughs> Dude, of course not I'm no being, i know i know being people that don't know us are probably like oh my god um no you guys are right and i, I agree 100 percent. i feel like I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but people are definitely being blamed. And one of the people who's doing the most blaming, of course, is fucking Donald Trump, that piece of shit, useless president. Um, so he's been blaming gamers, right? Is that what I... Video games and violent yeah, video yeah. games, which no. is ironic because... Right? Like, the no. GOP has been playing blaming video games okay, okay. So, yeah. video games are bad <laughs> you know the ironic <laughs> part is like term. remember back in the day when like mortal kombat came out and they're th- talking oh, about like yeah. banning mortal kombat because yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was just way too violent because yeah, like the, the right. fatality right. it's like that's not a new fucking development bro like like maybe, maybe all the all of us who grew up playing mortal kombat are like 
these evil ass like Serial twisted people yeah. now. I don't know. I don't know how many people I've uppercutted out of their spine. <laughs> Ripped their spine. Yeah. But I have fireballed them to death. Great idea. <laughs> a gr- just let's uh, just ban violent video games. But GTA. I mean, study after study has shown that video games don't create I was violent. Just bring that up. Yeah. Sorry, Adam. That was the question. No, you're good. Yeah. So what do you think? Like, I know you're a video avid video gamer. What What's your perspective on what video games contribute to this context? I clearly disagree. Um, like Jerome was saying, there's a lot of research that shows that um, video games don't impact like violence or you know people predispositioning people to violence. And in some cases, have been almost like therapeutic. Uh, it, to have been a, a way for people for it to be an outlet for people to you know let out some certain aggressions or whatever, or just kind of cope with things by playing video games. Um, I think it's I think it's bullshit. I think it's the um, GOP and Trump. Trump's just a puppet. GO, mm-hmm. GOP overall, it's it's they're trying to deflect mm-hmm. the attention away from gun violence. Because if you heard Definitely. Trump speak recently about the shootings, he didn't say much about gun laws. Yeah, and yeah. he blamed video games and he blamed the mental health Special problem. Special interest, yeah, and, for sure. Uh, it's it's lucrative. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like if you really think about it, like like. Politics. The, the worst part about politics is like the special interest groups who have investments, quote unquote, into mm-hmm. this, the, these avenues, right? Um, if, if you're on one side who's being funded more by a certain group, you're, you're less likely to speak out on them. So, um, I mean, it, it sucks that you know our, our leadership that's that's in uh, in, in office right now. Uh, it, I, again, I, I don't know what's going on in office. I'm, I'm not a politician, nor am I the president of the United States. But like, really, bro? <laughs> I, I, I would like to think, based on like historical <laughs> facts, that uh, um, that a lot of politicians uh, base their decisions on like who who their alliances are with, based on who financially backs oh, them. No so, doubt, dude. Uh, yeah. So at the end of the day, it it, it sucks that people's lives are, are hanging on the balance based upon allegiances and and and. Uh, finances, but hey, you know, I'm I'm not a politician. I, what really surprised me about the the video games thing was really like that's that's <laughs> where you. I mean, I feel like we've <laughs> we've sure. talked about like video games at Harmony, and man, like we're we're done. With, everybody's <laughs> sure. already known yeah. that it's not video games doing this. Yeah, it's not Mortal Kombat. It's not yeah. Mortal Kombat <laughs> one, not Mortal Kombat Mortal two, Kombat. not three, not four, not <laughs> five. <laughs> but it, tell LeBron. <laughs> it sucks to say, but I felt like they could have come up with something better than like, oh, it's video games. Like, what the? Who? That's true, man. I'm who? telling you, they're just deflecting. It, it's such a weak deflection. Yeah. You, you know what's hella funny? And obviously, like, Mexico's heavy on my mental right now. Do you, you guys remember the Chupacabra? Yeah. yeah. It was like yeah, this yeah. fucking Hail creature. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, supposed to be this creature that was like eating cattle and livestock along the countryside. And it was like there was images and this and that. It's real. It turns out that the government... Bigfoot? <laughs> basically dude <laughs> but the mexican version it turns out the government created this to to deflect attention away from the economy like the the government came no out and fucking said way i swear to god dude yep, my uncle was telling me the story in mexico he was like yeah the government admitted that they created this whole storyline just to deflect people's attention away. that's how desperate people are and the, the funniest part is it happened again and people fucking believed it again even after the mexican government basically <sighs> came out my point is, it's sad that the U.S. is devolving. Like, they're not really handling or addressing like real issues. They're just fucking you, deflecting. You mean our <laughs> leadership in the country 
it's just deflecting. <laughs> what? Huh? If I work, if I was in the government, I'd be like, you know what's gonna keep all these people distracted? Aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's stage an wait, alien wait, in Area Fifty One. Send them to Area Fifty One. I was gonna say Area Fifty One memes a government thing. <laughs> exactly. Holy shit! <laughs> I can't. Are you guys in the government? <laughs> I'm reading your mind right now, bro. I feel, like, I feel like you guys are you right should now. should be wearing aluminum foil in your head. Holy <laughs> shit. My mind is blown right now. Oh, yeah. Fuck. You guys work for the government, right? Yeah. Th- that's what this is getting at. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Agent Jerry. Too much. I'm Move leaving. In. I'm yeah. leaving. Agent Jerry Smith. You're leaving um, at a good time. Yeah. No, for real, though. Like, it, it's been... I've, I've taken a lot in. It, like, I can feel it in my body. Like, I, I haven't in a long time. Or ever, to be honest. Um, so, our unspoken rule for the night is... And this is our final segment here. Is how do, how do not only people... Uh, like deal with these types of things. How do men grieve specifically? Young males. I mean, we're all we're all younger, youngish millennial men here, men of color, uh, especially. So here's the question: How do uh, men uh, in the social media area era grieve with these sorts of topics, or how should we? What's the appropriate outlet? I I know. I mean, going back to talking about Amelia, I've had numerous people, and all included. Who and it's no fault of your own, although to ask me how's my dog doing after she'd already passed, and I take that as a blame on myself because I didn't go on social media and say, "Hey, you know, I'm hurting. My dog's passed. Mm-hmm. I just cry. I'm still crying. Like, I, I'm I'm in pain. I'm a vulnerable person right now. It's a weird thing to put on there. Mm-hmm. And after uh, numerous people coming up to me and, and bringing that up, I started realizing I can't keep painting this picture like my life is fantastic and it's all smiles and skittles everywhere. There's some sadness and there's some loss. And uh, I'm, I'm my next, I'm planning on letting people know that Amelia has passed away. Here's pictures of her. There's stories you have of her. You know, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to get more of this uh, emotion out of me. Uh, I, and I think we're starting to trend towards a world where we can, as men, start to be a little bit more emotional i mean even in this podcast is a representation of us being able to share more deep level ideas and deep level thoughts that normally we'd just be talking about like hey did you see the, the a's game yesterday yeah it was great first of all you haven't like never seen the a's game that's a goddamn lie that's a goddamn lie yeah but i think i think it's a positive thing we're starting to trend towards being able to as men talk about how we feel and we're i think uh for myself personally, I've seen that the more I talk about how I feel and the more I express it, the the better relationships I have and the more whole I feel. I, I would argue that I, I'm not disagreeing with you by any means, but I, I would argue that that the reason why you feel that way is because you have great people around you like Alan, Aldo, and myself. You had it at the first two. I'm just saying, <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> but 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 I will agree in terms of like how social media has had a, a huge impact on on how we view things and i and in my personal opinion like we're a a society of instant gratification like we want things now so so in terms of social media we want likes and we want people to comment on our on our, on our pictures and 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 that's how we live our life so so when we do have a a, a, a moment of grief we want to post it and we want everyone to tell us how how sorry they feel for us and how bad they feel for us and then and Again, for for you guys who who know me, like I don't have social media. Like I have a, f- I think I have a Facebook. You have thing. Facebook, but but do I check it though? Yes. How, how often? <laughs> Enough when you see certain people's posts. Exactly. Exactly. Certain like, people's weird travel posts. Exactly. So so and Which is so often. Th- thank you, Aldo. 
but like like let's be real like like i have i like i have one social media outlet which is like like dated and and i only check it for like events people invite me yeah, to. yeah you and don't that, post that, anything yeah i don't post sh- I, the last thing i posted was like probably like 10 years ago right so like <laughs> i think you commented on something so whatever yeah, Th- yeah thumbs no, no, no. up yeah, yeah but, but at the end of the day it's like like i i don't i don't invest in social media because like I, I i i personally feel as if like that's a way for a lot of current and again like we fall in that same lines of millennials to to feel gratified of, of our lives i'm like i don't need anyone to tell me um my life is good or my life is bad but i i think a lot of people do in terms of like oh hey tell me how bad your life's life is or tell me how good your life is yeah. and, and and let me uh stroke your ego or tell you how poorly your life's going mm-hmm. so uh, that's just me hmm. um in terms of how it's hard to say because uh, how men should cope right is that what the question yeah is? like how can we yeah. especially with social media and mm. I'm more and more I'm leaning towards like it doesn't matter if you're man, woman, any other whatever gender you want to represent. Coming from someone who was the, my background, you know, we're Latino. Um, I come from a very like uh, when I was younger, I had like a very much like m- like macho mentality. Yeah, male-centric. You can ask, yeah, and men only household. Ask my mother, ask yeah, my yeah. exes, like the women that were you know around me. <clears throat> sort of the mentality I had was that you know the machismo mentality oh you know you got to be tough and you know you got to just like only like you know only like pussies cry and stuff like that and and i kind of that's kind of the mentality i had but more and more that i am in it like educate myself or just around people who have a different perspective you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) yep andrew nobody in this room (laughs) damn (laughs) not playing um i'm open like it doesn't i don't see i don't even want to can talk about gender it's just about how people should cope you know i I think that That whatever it whatever it takes for you like some people you know for me coping with you know uh whatever it is uh, you know grief or loss or depression or anything like that um as long as like a healthy way whether it's like exercising reading a book seeing a therapist there's a lot of things that people like don't want to admit like and seeing talking to somebody even if it's like us doing this podcast i was telling um what's your name again (laughs) (laughs) telling jerome that um no part of the what what i like why i like doing podcasts i'm i'm in two podcasts i'm about to be in a third podcast and for me it's not just because i'm like it's it's not because i want like this these podcasts that blow up and make us hella money it's more about the hobby it's a hobby it's a it's a space where i was telling him that for me it's a it's a good excuse a good reason to get together with close Mm -hmm. friends and have these types of conversations that we're having because nobody does that anymore you know that used to be what coffee shops were for you know we we one vietnamese coffee shops (laughs) (laughs) stop (laughs) damn it now i want to (laughs) go Um, and no, you want to have our phones in front of our face. I mean, we might check our phones to reference things, but, um, this to me is like therapy. Like, I feel like we're, we're all kind of feeling comfortable to to talk about certain vulnerabilities. And so I don't know, I I think I don't try to even think about gender anymore, you know? Um, but even though traditionally in like the social, like norms and standards do say like men shouldn't cry and this and that. Yeah. I I think I'll I'll go back to this one piece and it goes back to what we talked about earlier and like how me and Jerome like serendipitously end up at the, at the gym together where, um, I, I I didn't expect to see Jerome. He didn't expect to see me. And, and 
um, we crossed paths and, and he asked me like, Hey, like what's going on? Like, why are you here? And, and again, like it ended up being a conversation about in-depth life, um, and, and tra- traumatic moments in our lives, uh, and how it impacted us. And, and we both grieved at that moment. And, um, and, and for me personally, that moment, I was like, shit, like, like, like I, I didn't know how to, to react or respond, um, to grief. Like, I'm, I, again, like I, I think to all this point, like, I think most men the, the machismo and, and, and the and the bravado that we all carry it's like we we're historically taught to think that you should show no emotion but with me and Jerome personally um, when we got to that moment it was like like yo like we all go through our own personal shit that's like deep and heavy and it's okay to show that shit like and there's no fault to that like and again, like I, I think this this podcast, like like we've all talked about it, for me personally, has been a place, a safe place for me to to talk about this stuff. So I appreciate you guys. Yeah, bring it in. <laughs> We're hugging right now. You just can't With see our it. powers combined. Use your imagination. <laughs> we are Captain Planet. You know, it's all like crazy. The thing that so I, I had kind of generated not the topic. You guys kind of brought up the topic, but the question when we were thinking about the rule to talk about this was, this has been on my mind because with the El Paso shooting, I asked my wife, Brianna, uh, or not asked, I was kind of telling her like, it's weird to me how in the, in the age of social media, people don't just like sit. We are, we were on our way to two family events that day. I should preface. People don't really just sit and talk about real shit anymore. People just kind of check boxes. Like I posted about, uh, I feel sad for the shooting. I drafted for my fantasy football team. I talked, I said hi to my grandma for five minutes and now I'm back on my video game. And it's just like, I feel like people are, again, this isn't revolutionary, but we're definitely drifting apart from social human interaction. And, and to, to prove the point, I feel like it's kind of ironic that, that we, we need to have podcasts for people to feel connected. That's like how disconnected we're becoming. And I'll admit it. I'm a part of it. Like my fucking schedule is crazy packed. And it's part of the reason I probably feel so stressed living in the Bay area where it's like, this social event and this person wants to hang out and this person wants to go to this art show and this so person you wants to play don't basketball. want to be here that's your own downfall no, I'm, I'm leaving i'm leaving bye <laughs> but no but my point is i feel like I've, I've become this fucking robot where it's like i have to schedule time to talk to my friends almost you know what i mean and that's that's a shitty feeling yeah. and i've been coming more and more to realization with that which has led me to want to leave to a place where mexico is going to be um, at, at, at least where my mom is a, a space where I don't have access to technology and it's not a given that I can take my phone out and just text my friend and say, Hey, what are you doing? Not that I, I have love for you guys here. Um, and everybody I interact with, I don't want to say, but, but it becomes a lot when, when you're juggling like 30 things in a day. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want a more simplified for me, the grieving process right now in my life is I need to simplify my life. And, and reduce the amount of interactions I have. Do you have a friends list you're cutting off right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take it out right now. <laughs> Bye, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Jordan. <laughs> I need him. Nah, but um, for me, grieving is very much... It's, I, I guess it goes kind of to what all you guys are saying, is just being in tune, being introspective, listening to yourself, and, not, and having the courage to be like, I need to make this decision for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not fucking harming other people, obviously. But yeah. what you just mentioned uh, actually reminds me of a, a book I'm currently reading. It's called um, "I'm Sorry I'm Late. I Didn't yeah. Want to Come." It's about uh, and not that that kind. Come on, guys, you guys get your be own. mature. Be mature here. Uh, <laughs> and it's about Andrew. an introvert. She's an introvert, and she tries her whole year to to say yes and do extroverted yeah. things. 
Uh, one of the extroverted things she tries is to travel to a random country selected by some random company uh, by herself. Bosnia. Yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> I'm not even joking. She, she <laughs> went to some, somewhere like that. And uh, she starts talking to one of her friends who is like a travel guide. And she was like, oh, so how do I do it? And he's like, it's actually harder now because uh, you can take a bunch of tourists to a spot, to a bar. And before you could just talk to everybody and everybody wanted to hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. Now everybody goes to the bar and they whip out their phone and yeah. start swiping right. Yeah. Tinder? Mm-hmm. Tinder. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I've never known what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like th- to echo upon what you said, like in some way, technology, as much as we like to th- think that it's bringing people closer together in a lot of ways, it's also not. It's making us For more, sure. you know, this fake, this fake Health kind of food. awareness. Yeah. Serv- it's all service level. Like I feel sad and I'm posting about it. Exactly. And then I think people in their minds, they think they're grieving. They really do. They think they're like saying what they have to say, but that, Taking 30 seconds to write something is different from having a two-hour conversation. And, or and then the invite to the next big party comes in. They're like, oh, it's like, oh, well, well right fu- fu- yeah. fuck the grieving. That's I'm going to go to this party. Part. Yeah, you know I mean? Which, like, by the way, you guys coming to my party next <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, but for real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, a, it's a mind fuck, especially for me because, I, like I said, I really read deeply into shit. So when I see this thing of somebody fucking gushing their heart out, let's say about the loss of a loved one or their pet, and then the next thing is like, Oh my! Like, check out this fucking weird taco video, and then the next one. This is it's it's overload. Yeah. So, fuck it hey, all. Hey man, go off the, the grid. At the end of the day, like, I love you guys wholeheartedly, and Same. you guys have hey, been. Hey, too, man. Hey, it's been it's, it's been a. I almost leave in a few days, and 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 in our heart of hearts, I think I can speak for all of us that. We hope that that it, it's a fun, safe trip for him, and Eddie comes back, and we have this moment again in a year. But uh, we we love you, bro. For we're sure. we're like, gonna. Too. Yep, we're gonna. We're, gonna, we're taking the podcast to Mexico. <laughs> no, not like no doubt. Like I think I think I've, I've, I've jokingly thought like said like we should go to Mexico and just like do this shit in Mexico. That'd, That'd be, be pretty fucking fun. sick. Yeah. I you guess fit all the equipment in one bag. <laughs> hey, man. What? But yeah, here we go. I would like to say I think in closing and being known as the tech guy here. Um, I think it's not about tech. It's about being connected in some sure. ways. Technology allows you to be connected in a lot of ways. It can be a misrepresentation of connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not just a surface level connection. It's a deeper connection and not being like, I think you brought up the word courage and having the courage to bring up some words that need to be said. Or if you're, uh, you know, someone who's not a domestic terrorist, having the courage to, stand up for your brown and your Asians and your and your blacks and, and other colors and saying that we're all together, we're all in this together, we're all connected. And I just want to say, I, it, I don't think it's hit me yet that my brother is going to be and his wife, Brianna, are going to be moving to Mexico. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm also like, to me, it's not such a big deal because I've, I've been used to you guys like moving That's so true. often. Like, yeah. I was just glad to have you guys here for so long, except for so many years. And I know that being in Mexico is going to be, like, a fucking amazing experience. I'm not even worried or scared. I, I'm just excited and happy for you guys. Um, I, like, I don't know. I feel, like, honored that also with this podcast that, you know, you guys started it and I came in. It's like a transition, right? So my brother is, is leaving and I'm coming in. And it's 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 a hard – those are, like, big shoes to fill because my okay. brother – like, we're, we're my brother and I – like. 
we're we're different in some aspects. Like my brother is a is a very intelligent dude and and very articulate and and sensitive, <laughs> sensitive like a little bitch. <laughs> and I'm a macho. No, I'm and so he I don't know. Against everything we thought was You guys are just really downgraded with getting me here. I don't. Know. <laughs> I'm playing. Um, I don't know. No, 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 I'm just yeah, I'm yeah. just saying like it, it's it's. Uh, I'm going to try to in some way, like keep your legacy going in the podcast. But I also feel like we should, we want to like, in some way we should keep my brother connected. No doubt. Whether it's like, Oh, you know, this is like, we'll have an extra segment where it's like, Alan, you know, sending us a message from Mexico about what it's like or (laughs) something. And that means Alan has been abducted by a cartel. (laughs) And he says he needs a thousand dollars to be, yeah. <laughs> that's it that's all they need yeah they don't, they're under a thousand you, pesos <laughs> but, no we're excited for you Alan cool. we're very proud I don't yeah, know if you have no any doubt. last words for you I will say uh, cop his uh, so if though, have, have we, we've never talked about this yet though I don't think we plugged we it. have not plugged this at all in all podcasts like again Alan is a potent author and, and he has a book coming out uh, Frank uh, this, this, this is, is not, not a Frank Ocean era. cover album, right? Yeah, yep, so yep. it's coming out, I believe, in the next month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those who are uh, pre-order it, please. Where, like, where I, can we find it? Uh, so it's with. Thank you, by the way. I, I try not to talk about it because if you know me, you know me. But so it's called. This is not a Frank Ocean cover album. It's with Black Lawrence Press. Just Google that and type in my name, Alan Chazaro. It should pop up. A-L-A-N-C-H-A-Z-A-R-O. Ding, ding, ding. Dot com. And as we go off uh, off air, me and Jerome will have a moment for, for, for Alan to, to Ooh. show respect to him. It's sexual. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. What? Yeah. Nah, no. Just real quick, I just want to say, obviously, love you guys as brothers. You guys all give me something, teach me something. Um, the thing that kind of hit home for me tonight was... When, when both of you were, spe- well, actually all three of you, but specifically you two, Adlo and Jerome were talking about like grieving for the loss of people, like your gra- or grandparents and your dog and, and you with the near, like with your father yeah. sort of being in that uh, near death situation, it sounds like. Um, it's weird because I actually don't get sad when people pass away or move on. Um, and, and, and whether it's my Good high school students graduating and going to college and I'm not going to see them again or a family member passing away, I always feel very grateful and, and just inspired to carry on that person's existence and their presence and what they've imprinted on me. So I guess that's one of the things that I feel like I just try to go everywhere. One of the reasons I like to move a lot is because I get filled with other people's energy and their lifestyles and their beliefs. And I just try to take it in and then I go to the next place and just try to spread that shit. And then I'm going to do that shit with you. Huh? We're gonna do that shit <laughs> with you. We're gonna carry your energy and watch by the time I leave. On. You guys just forget about my ass. Replace me with this motherfucker right here. No, but yeah, no, that yeah. that I, to me, that's like the ultimate. Just that's what keeps me sane and like that's like my lifelong grieving process. Yeah, uh, did, I feel like we we've had this like like long ending conversation about like saying goodbye, but um, I, at the end of the day, uh, glasses up. Who's your favorite NBA player? Real quick, go. Uh, <laughs> Top five all time. Starting? Gla- no, glasses so active? Uh, active? Are we talking about like... <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, uh, Alan, salute, salute. brother, we love you, man. Love you guys too. Hey, man. Thank love you for you, being here. And hey, we yeah, no, look thank you guys for you. fucking always keeping me in mind. Hey, man. We did. Love you guys. With that said, Alan, will you send Buenas us off? Buenas noches. Hasta la próxima. Tru-
This is uh, Andrew, the Oakland native. Como esta? This is Jerome from Oakland. This is Aldo from the 650. The soon-to-be nationalized in Mexico citizen, Alan. Hey. Hey. Click, yes. click, click. <laughs>